entire life. And it has brought such joy and change in my life. But there are some choices that I make in life that aren't too bright. I remember, this is about maybe a year, year and a half ago, the garage door wasn't working right, so I just detached it. We have a two-and-a-half-car garage, so I have a big door. This is a big old door. And I thought, you know, I was going to get the garage door fixed and get a new one, but number one, I don't know how to put that stuff in, so that's just, let's forget that. So I had to find someone to put it in, and I just get busy. So I was just opening the garage door with a little handle on it. We used to, who used to open the garage door with a handle? Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, all right, no big deal, right? It was a big door. Opening it up was no problem. Closing it took a little skill because you had to kind of, you know, the door comes in like hinges, you know, it comes in sections. And I had to reach up and grab between the sections and kind of pull it. And then I grabbed the handle and pulled it all the way down. I did that for, you know, about five or six months. It was working fine. And one time I was with somebody else, actually one of the students here at church, and we were, we were going to load something up. And I, I was talking to him and I grabbed it and I pulled that, I pulled that baby down. And, you know, my reflexes just weren't as fast that day as other days. Before I could get my fingers out, the door had come and caught them. I caught my fingers in the door, and the door came down and just closed on my fingers. This is a big metal door, my friends. I could hear my fingers cracking. I could hear the tips of my fingers just crushing in the door, and it closed completely. And I'm stuck in the door saying, open the door, open the door, open the door, open the door, something like that. You know, <laughs> maybe a tear was coming down when I was saying it or something, but it was like my hands, my fingers were stuck in the door, and I got them out. It was just, I mean, I thought I had crushed my thumb in a dump truck door one time. It was raining. I jumped in and I, I had my hand here and I grabbed the door and closed it. Um, bad news. But this, I thought, oh, I'm going to lose these nails. I didn't lose the nails, but I went to the doctor, and uh, he said, well, this is. I went to like two days later. And I, he said, well, I can tell you that you. You crushed your fingers in the door and broke your, your top tips of your fingers. <clears throat> I could tell you that and you can leave, or I can get an x-ray and then tell you you broke, you crushed your fingers in the door and you can leave. And I said, well, that's fine. I'm not going to pay any money to have you tell me that because he said, I can't do anything about it. It just needs to heal. So on that day, I closed the fingers. Uh, I closed my door. I closed the door on my fingers. Uh, that was bad. And then I lost my glasses in the process. I probably, you know, I had them in my face and then I dropped them somewhere. I can't figure out where I dropped them. So I, I, I was like, insult to injury. I crushed my fingers. Bad choice, okay? Bad choice of how to close your garage door. And then also losing my glasses. It wasn't a very, a very, uh, a very good day for me. I paid the price, made a bad choice, and paid a big price for it. I'll tell you, I'm not sure about you. You probably can all raise your hands and say that, you know, you, you know, you get in a situation, you do that, and then you think to yourself afterwards, why your fingers are stuck in the door? <laughs> why am I doing, why did I do that? You know, why did I do that? After you're screaming, go open the door, open the door. I'm thinking to myself, why did I do that? And I paid a price for my really bad choice. Making wise choices leads to a life of physical, emotional, and spiritual blessing and health. When you make the right choices, when you make wise choices, it leads to physical, emotional, and spiritual health and blessing. The wrong choices leads to, lead to heartache and sickness and ruin and even death. Even death. I have friends growing up who didn't make it through their childhood because went a little too fast in a car, wrapped around a pole, fire. I, I can tell you story after story of growing up and some of my friends not making it because of the poor choices they made. It leads to heartache and even death. The good news is that we have the power to choose. We have the ability, we have the power. God has given us the ability to choose and make those choices. If, if you look at this past year, 2009, if you look at how many people passed away in 2009, it's been amazing, hasn't it? 
I mean, a lot of people have passed away. And if you go back even beyond past, you know, earlier in 2009, you see a pattern in how a lot of these folks pass away, how they leave us. And it breaks your heart because you're, you really love some of these, uh, these people who end up leaving the world. And, and, but you see a pattern in their lives. It, it wasn't always old age or a common disease that took them from us. It was poor choices. You know, you can watch their lives and you see them spiraling. And you're just, sometimes you just, I pray for them. I'm like, Lord, just help this person get their life on the right track before, before it's too late. They leave us because of poor choices. Poor choices have taken those who were once highly, highly respected and honored in our culture and have exposed them to public ridicule and public disgrace. We see this in our politicians all the time. It's nothing new to anyone, probably from the beginning of our country. Not as bad then, but uh, more recently, I mean, our politicians are sometimes embarrassing. The things that they do are embarrassing. People that you would consider men and women of integrity, and you find out they did this or they did this or they, something that embarrasses themselves, their families, and their countries. And now, in the last few years, our athletes, I mean, they're on the top of the list. It doesn't matter what sport you enjoy. You think some sports are immune to this kind of behavior, and, and it, they're not. And we have our athletes who are, who are falling into all kinds of, uh, of poor choices in their own lives, falling into all kinds of trouble. So how do, we, how do we make the right choices? How do we avoid, how do we, as believers in Jesus Christ, avoid the pitfalls that, that seem to plague so many people? You know, in Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42, we have the story of Mary and Martha. And Mary is spending time with Jesus. She, she chooses to spend her time with Jesus when he comes over. Martha, on the other hand, is running around doing all the busy work. You know, just picture, the, in a sense, the holidays. When Jesus is coming over for dinner, I mean, it becomes a holiday, all right? So Martha's running around doing, to be honest with you, what, what 90% of Christians would do. So she's running around doing all these things, and, and uh, Mary's choosing to spend that time with, with Jesus. And Martha says to Jesus, Jesus, you know, make Mary help me. Get her, tell her to get up from your feet there and do what she should be doing, which is helping me out with all this busy work and all the stuff that needs to be prepared for you. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. Remember that. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The reality is, Everyday obligations and all the things that we run around, all the busy work will be with us until the day we die. Okay, it doesn't matter. You think, well, once I get past the, the, kid, set, the kid time in my life and I get empty nesters and, and then I'll be able to slow down and all this kind of thing. You know what? That busy work, that, those obligations, those responsibilities, all those things of life never, ever end. They will always be with us. Obligations will always be there. We will always be responsible for something. When your kids grow up, it doesn't mean you stop thinking about them. Take it from me and anyone else has kids who are older like that. You keep thinking about them. You keep loving them. You keep investing in them. There's just... The, the life goes on, and there's always something to do. There's always something to worry about. There's always something that needs to be done. There's always some paperwork that needs to be whatever until the day we die. Taking time to read the Bible, to pray, and to worship is critical to building a strong foundation in our lives. It is critical to building a strong foundation. And without a strong foundation, you will not be able to make the important critical decisions that you need to make, the important choices that you need to make. If you don't have a strong foundation, 
If you don't, if you don't have a close relationship with God, if you're not reading the word of God, you will not build the foundation that you need for your life and therefore not be able to make the right choices that you need to make in your life. I will tell you this. After 27 years of ministry, I can tell you this. I believe the one major reason that people are not growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ is because they're not reading the word of God. That's the, I think that's the number one reason why people, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I, I'm 10 years old in my faith, or I'm five years old. I just don't feel like I'm growing. I feel like I'm stagnant. I feel like it's just, you know, things are just going by. The reason that, the reason that happens in our lives is because we're not reading the word of God. We are not studying the word of God. We don't know the word of God. When you know the word of God, you're constantly reading something new. I don't care if you read it four times, you find something new, and the fifth time you read it, and you say to yourself, man, I really need to I really need to stop doing that. I really need to change this attitude. I really need to change this behavior. I really need to work on this area of my life. The word of God changes us. It transforms us as we apply it to our lives. That is why I believe so many people are not not truly growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Martha was busy in the kitchen. She was doing her thing. Mary, on the other hand, spent time with Jesus. She spent time at Jesus' feet. They were, listen to me, they were both doing good things. They were both doing good things. But Jesus, Jesus said, by choosing time with him, Mary was choosing what is better. It's not like Martha was doing, like Jesus said, Martha, you're such a sinner. Did I not tell you, blah, 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 blah. Sit down, you sinning woman, you know, this other. That's not what he was saying. He didn't say that. He said, Mary chose what is better. Martha was doing what normally people would do. But you know what? Sometimes we need to look at our lives and say, you know, with all the things going on around us, is Christ number one in our lives? Is spending time with him the most important choice that we can make in life? And the reality is, let's just be honest, the answer would be for most people, no. Because there's so many things to do. Confession. I told you a month ago, probably about a month ago, I said, you know what? We, you all need to really stop, right? Remember I said that? And, you know, focus, focus on Christ for Christmas. You know, and slow down and blah, 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 blah. This has been the craziest season, Christmas season, one of the most crazy seasons I've ever had. And, it, you know, it took, it really took a lot of effort on my part to even stop for a moment and think about what was coming because it was just doing, doing, keeping up and going with responsibilities and all these kinds of things. And, and, and you know what, what really need, we need to do when those things happen in our lives? Even if you're overwhelmed and busy and all this is going on, what we need to do, the one thing I tried to do more than anything else was at least pray. Pray. As I'm going through all the difficulties and all the challenges, we need to pray. You need to pray. I need to pray. We get so caught up in everything else in our lives. But the most important thing, what's better for us to do is to spend time with him. 2010, we need to spend time with him. Mary has chosen what is better. She chose what was better. It's not that what you and I are doing is bad. It's not that what you and I are doing is wrong, but it becomes wrong when it, be, when it comes before God, when we put it before God, when somehow we think what we have to do takes precedence over spending time with him because we will never figure all this stuff in life out. We'll never get life straightened out unless he's a part of that straightening out process. He needs to be first. We need to weave him into every decision, every choice, everything that we do in life. In Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, it tells us, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. 
But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers, the gods your forefathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Choose. Make a choice. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord will come first. God wants his people to choose to serve him over every other option. And my friends, you both, we all know this. In our world, there are so many options. There's no loss for options in the world in which we live. No matter where we turn in our culture, they're always throwing more and more options in our face. That's all we do is look at the options and try to figure out the options. And, and, and the, I guess the more life goes on, the more we see that. We are not at a loss for options, but don't think that those options come without consequences. All these options, all these opportunities that are placed before us, that that the world places before us that should come before God in their minds, if we choose those things, understand they come with consequences. In Judges chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, village life in Israel ceased Ceased until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. When they chose new gods, war came to the city gates. When you choose the things of this world, even good things before God, you're inviting trouble to your door. No matter what you choose, anything that you choose, even good things, if you choose it over God, you are inviting a war into your life. You're inviting trouble to your door. You and I have to remember, we need to keep in mind that Christ is first, that he needs to come first in all these things. Because when we put other things before God, we are just inviting trouble to the door. It doesn't matter if it's money, which is not a bad thing. Money's not bad. Friends, Friends aren't bad. Work is not bad. But those things will bring trouble into your life if you put them before God. They can fit into your life. They can be a part of your life. But think about it. When you work too much, when work becomes your God, what does it do to the relationships around you? Right? Because you're not putting God first. Work has come first. It's deteriorating your relationship with God and therefore deteriorating also your relationships with other people around you. That becomes your focus. And all of a sudden, one day you're standing there when you're 45 or 50 years old saying, what was this all about? I spent the first half of my life and it basically seems to be worthless. You get to the top and like Lee Koki, you say, there's nothing there. And you go through a midlife crisis and you go through all the shenanigans that goes on there. It's because you put that first in your life and it didn't satisfy. It didn't didn't give you the return you thought it would give you. Why? Because that was something that came before God in your life. It doesn't have to be bad. It just has to be anything that you put before God. Make it a part of your life with God, no problem. Make money, make friends, make work, anything in a position that supersedes God, and you're going to bring trouble, you're going to bring strife, you're going to bring war to your life. But when you choose the things of God, there's a blessing that you receive. When you choose the things of God, when you choose to put God first, when you choose to sit at the feet of Christ, when you choose to read the word, and you choose to pray, and you choose to worship him, there is a blessing that comes. There's a blessing that follows. In Psalm 130, I'm I'm sorry, Psalm 119 in verse 30, it says this, I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. And then in verse 173, it continues, May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. 
The way of truth, following his word, is the way that you ensure God's hand of help and blessing in your life. When you follow the way of truth, and the only way to follow the way of truth is to follow the word of God, to know the word of God. When you follow the way of truth and you follow God's word, you, you, you are ensuring God's hand of blessing and help in your life. You're, you're making God a part of every area of your life. Part of your finances, a part of your relationships, a part of your marriage, a part of your, how you raise your kids, a part of how you, you treat other people at work, a part of everything in your life. When you do that, you're inviting God's hand of blessing in your life. But when you choose to do it all by yourself, when you choose to keep him out and go to him every once in a while when you really need something, you're, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble to come to your door. You're asking for a war at your gates. As God's people, my friends, we need to choose the Bible over, over the, the wisdom of this world. We need to choose the Bible over the philosophies of this world. Now, when I mention names, I'm not criticizing. I have nothing against the people I may mention. But you know what? What we do as, as people sometimes, even as Christians, is we watch Oprah, or we watch you know, this, this, this counselor over here, or we read this book, or we do all this kind of stuff, a Dr. Phil, whatever the case may be, and we follow their advice because it sounds really good. We follow the advice of the world. Let me tell you something. When the world tells you how to raise your kids, don't listen. Dr. Spock, what an expert. You know, honestly, go back and, 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 go back and do a study on how, how his family turned out. It's sad. It really is. If the world tells you how to become a, a prominent business person or how to build a business, how to, make, how to make big business, you know, how you become this person or how you run your business, don't listen. The world tells you how to choose a spouse. Here's how you choose your spouse. Do not listen. Don't listen. If it's not in the word of God, then don't listen. Let, let me give you an example. The world says, well, here's how you choose someone to spend the rest of your life. Let me give you an example of the wisdom of the world. The world says, the wisdom of the world tells you, don't marry someone unless you are physically compatible with that person. You know, oh, it makes all, you know, they tell you on TV, how many times I've heard that. Oh, don't, you can't marry someone unless you know you're physically compatible with that person, which means you need to sleep with everyone you date if you think they may be a possibility. My friends, that is not healthy physically, emotionally, or spiritually, period. And I don't even need my Bible to tell me that. Just look at scientific research. Look at, look at the research that we have. If you're going to do that with every single person that you think may be a possibility, that's going to affect you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That advice, and I don't mean to be, um, I'm not trying to criticize or be rude to anyone, but that advice is nothing short of just plain dumb. I'm sorry. It is biblically stupid advice. And let me, let me, let me give you a reason why. I can, I, I, let, me, let me, with one question, blow that argument completely up, that you need to be physically compatible before you can marry someone or you're not going to know if you can spend the rest of your life with them. Let me give you one argument that blows the whole argument up. One, one question. Physically compatible when? This works, for, this works for people who are just coming into their lives and everything, and they throw that out there. I say physically compatible when? 27 years of ministry dealing with a whole bunch of different people. Physically compatible when? For your first time? During your honeymoon? Right after the honeymoon? When you're pregnant, right after you have the baby, is that when you should be physically compatible? After that operation, 
or that injury or that illness, when you're going through life changes, after you've been through the life changes, when you're really old, when, when, I mean, it sounds so good when they throw it out there in the books and they tell you on the radio and you're watching on TV, but my question is, when? Let me, let me tell you about physical compatibility. If you're in love with your spouse, if you love them with all of your heart, if you follow Philippians chapter 2 and put the other person before yourself, if you love them but more than you love yourself, if, if you love them, if you are best friends with your spouse, then you'll always be compatible, and if you're not, you won't. If you don't love someone and you're not your best friend, I don't care what you say. When, when, you know, if the world tells you to do something, I don't care what it is, unless it aligns with the word of God, do not listen. Do not listen. It makes all kinds of sense years ago when they tell us, just spend quality time with your kids. You don't need to spend quantity time. It sounds so nice when you first hear it. You don't have to spend quantity time. Just spend quality time. You know what? Sit on a bus like I did for years and years and years and let students talk to you how much they love the quality time their parents are spending with them. You know, you can't even get kids to open up if sometimes after a few hours of talking to them. Then they open up. That you get quality time when you spend quantity time, when they trust you, when they feel like they can, they can say it, when you get in a long, hour-long or hour-and-a-half-long conversation, and they finally, after the conversation, they kind of eke in, well, Ma, Dad, did, did, you ever, did you ever feel whatever? And then you get some quality time. You can't sit down with someone and say, hey, son, let's have our daughter, let's have quality time. Tell me what's really on your heart. Go. Quality time's almost up right? It's almost over. Speak your heart right now. Now, 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 now. Tell me now. It doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing with the compatibility thing. It doesn't, it makes sense when you say it from your mouth, but then you have to live your life. It doesn't make sense in real life. You know what? The Bible tells you all the way through how you be compatible, how you raise your kids, how you do all these things, how to have good relationships, who to build, who to build friendships with, who not to build friendships with. I don't need the wisdom of the world to tell me these things. I'm going to tell you something. Honestly, I could, for the most part, I'm not saying I'm an incredible prophet, but for the most part, I can sit down with people sometimes, and I look at them and I say, you know what, I can tell you your life story. I'll write it down for you. If you don't follow this, this, and this, I'm not God speaking. I'm just speaking from the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says. If you choose not to follow this, I'm going to write your life down for the next year on a piece of paper. I'll fold it up. I'll give it to you. Open it a year from now, and you'll be like, well, pastor's a prophet. No, I'm not. I've just seen it over and over and over again. Bad choices. Poor choices, not following the word of God, listening to the wisdom of the world that sounds so right until you actually apply it to your life. And here's what you do. You take the wisdom of the world, you turn it upside down, that's what God thinks. That's exactly what God thinks. When, when someone tells you to do something, you'd be just as right most of the time just doing the opposite of what they tell you to do and your life would turn out even better. Whatever the world tells you to do, unless it aligns with the word of God, run as fast as you can and do the opposite. It'll all turn out really, really well for you. Look to the Bible for answers, to the help that you need. 
You need help? Look to the Bible. Don't pick up another book on whatever. Look to the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed and used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness that a man or woman may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible has every precept and principle you will need to live your life and to make all the decisions that you need to make. You have the Holy Spirit of God living in you and the Word of God that is illuminated in your life and you will be able to make every decision that you need to make. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 10 and 11 says, Choose my, wisdom speaking, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for discernment. We as the people of God need to have a little bit of discernment. We need to ask God, help me to understand or help me to discern whether this person is right or wrong or what they're saying is right or wrong or if I should do this or that. We should be praying for discernment, wisdom. Choose, choose my instruction. Choose, choose my instruction instead of silver. Would you like to have your weight in, in uh, silver or gold or your weight in this Bible? I'll tell you right now, what the Bible is saying is there's nothing, there's nothing that you can choose that is more significant, more important to your life than wisdom. Nothing that you can have that anyone can give you that is more significant than discernment, than making good choices, making the right choices. How many people do you know have, not personally, but you know have won the lottery and you look at their lives, no one ever taught them to discern or make good choices and their gold and their riches destroy their lives. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Choose the things of God, my friends, over the pull of this world. Every single one of you has the pull of this world. I don't care if you're 90 or 9. Every single one of you has the pull of this world. Your friend asks you to do something, the pull of this world. Your boss asks you to just do this little bit, the pull of this world. Your friend, your neighbor wants you to, the pull of this world. You're on the internet and, and someone's talking to you, an uh, old friend or whatever, and the pull of this world. It's the pull of the world all around us. In everything we do, there's the pull of this world. It never ends. And God is saying, choose me, choose me over the pull of this world. See, when you apply the word of God, when you apply God's word to the, to, the, to the circumstances of life, you find that wisdom and discernment come a little easier. Applying the word of God to your life. You know, so many people in the church, I wish this were even more true, but so many people will, will learn a lot. They have a lot. And it's like these big-headed Christians are fooling around. You know what I mean? They have a big head full of knowledge, but they don't, they don't squeeze their head and get into their hearts. They don't apply it to their lives. When you apply it, you own it. First, you have to read it. So you understand it, but then you have to apply it. And when you apply it, you gain ownership of it. That's what changes your life. The word of God and the application of the word of God in your life will transform your life. We need the wisdom of God. We need to study the word of God. We need to apply the word of God, and it will transform our lives forever. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20 tells us, this day I have, I, have, I have called heaven and earth as witnesses against you that you have set before your life and have set, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life 
so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Choose life, choose blessing, choose life, choose blessing. Life and blessing are dependent on you making wise choices. Life and blessing is dependent on you making wise choices. We need to choose life. We need to choose God's blessing. We need to choose to to make God first, put God first in our lives, not allow anything else to come in the way of who God is in our lives. Don't choose options that will corrupt your character. We do this all the time. We choose options that corrupt our character. They corrupt our character now, and they will corrupt our character even beyond They will will corrupt our character, not even in the moment, but even beyond. Choose edifying, life-affirming habits and practices. Choose to do things that are edifying, life-defining practices and habits. Choose that for your life. Do you know, this is amazing. I don't know if you've you've studied this, but did you know that, that science is now looking into genetics and, and telling us that, that, uh, that the choices that we make, our choices affect our genetics, and that can, be, that can change the next generation. We can literally change according to science, and I like to see this come played out, but I've been, I've been following this because from a biblical standpoint, it's actually amazing when the Bible says the sins of the father are passed on for generations. And I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at this idea of epigenome, so let me explain it to you. This is, and if you get online and look up epigenomes, it's absolutely amazing what's happening. They did a study with twins, identical twins. Now, identical twins are genetically the same. They have the same genetic code. They're identical. And so when they test them at one, two, three, four, five years old, when they're younger, they come up in the same exact genetics, which makes total sense because it's impossible for, for twins, identical twins, not to have the same genetics. Wait a second, until they test them at 30, 40, and 50 years old, then all of a sudden, they're taking identical twins, and their genes are different. They have a different genetic code. That way, that's impossible. How can that be? And what they're finding out, what their answer is, is that your choices, your decisions can change your genetics. Help me with this one. Is that not amazing? They should have just read the Bible in the first place, and they would come to that conclusion a long time ago. But they're coming to the conclusion now that your genetics, your behavior, your decisions, your bad choices or good choices can change your genetics. It is absolutely amazing. Amazing. So uh, think about this. This makes, this makes you a very responsible person for your own life, and not only your own life, but for the lives of those who will come after you. You need to choose life-giving habits when it comes to diet and exercise, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to what, how much you drink. It has, that has an effect on your genetics. If you, over, if you drink too much, has an effect on you. What you put into your body, the different chemicals that you choose to put into your body, what you choose to consume or take in changes your behavior, changes you from the inside out. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely amazing. It is critically important in these areas of life, and I'll just describe, that we make smart choices. 
Because not only do our children, now that we're looking through this, not only are they looking at us and, and getting it environmentally and looking at your life and, and is it changing them from the environment, but it's also you, you make choices that will affect them genetically. It's amazing. My friends, we are responsible. Our choices have consequences. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. This is my business. This is my problem. No, it's not. The Bible doesn't say that. And now even science isn't saying it. The one scientist who basically said that we are guardians, I couldn't believe it when he said this, we are guardians of our, of our lives and our genes. We need to make the kind of choices that, that are responsible, not only for us today, but for our future generations. Choices. God said it from the very beginning. The choices we make will have a profound impact on our lives and the lives of others. In your spiritual life, make choices that, that give you time to pray, to read the word of God, to study the Bible, to attend church faithfully. You know, there are so many people who choose in our culture right now, oh, once a month and going to church is fine. You know what, seriously, I'm not sitting here making you feel guilty you come back to church more than once a month. This isn't about me or Grace Chapel, it's about you and your life. What is best for you? To come to church. The Bible says, let us not be in the habit of not, let us not get in the habit of not meeting together. We need to come together as the body of Christ. We need to grow in our relationship with Christ. It will help us make choices that will change every area of our lives. These are choices, spiritual disciplines that we have to have in order to become the people that God has created us to be. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, it says, but how can I, Moses speaking, how can I bear your problems and your burdens and your disputes all by myself? Choose some wise, choose some wise understanding and respected men from each of your tribes, and I will set them over you. This is so important. This principle is so important when it comes to making wise choices. So important. This, this, this is a principle you have to really take in, and you need to own this principle. You need to make wise choices concerning who you allow to be put in positions over you in life. You need to think through who you allow. This is our choice. Who you allow to be in positions of authority placed over you in life. This is so significant. God wants us to submit ourselves to people only if they are wise, understanding, and respected when it comes to who disciples us, who mentors us, who teaches us, who trains us. God says, be very careful. This principle is basically saying, be careful who you place over you. Choose people who are wise. Choose people who have understanding. Choose people who are respected. Students, maybe you're hanging around with people a little older than you. You're putting them in a position of authority. You are placing them over you in your life, and they are influencing your life. Do not choose to put people over you, your own age or a little older, who are not a positive influence in your life. Don't put them over you. That's a bad choice. Wrong move. Those people could affect your life, and you think, well, I'm young. It'll only affect my life right now, and then I'll get older. And I'll... No, 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 no. There are choices that people can make for you right now, and you choose to follow that can destroy your life forever. God will bring beauty out of the ashes. God can do something. God can, God can work some things out in your life that he will still use you in certain ways, but those choices will affect your life forever. You'll be 30 years from now wondering, why on earth did I listen to that knothead? They have no impact in my life right now, but I followed them, and it has affected my life from that point on to this point. 
There are things that you do in life that have profound implications. Don't think because you're young, you can make a choice and it will have no effect and there'll be no consequences for the future. That is not true. That is just not true. That is a, that is a whisper from Satan. Oh, you're young. Everybody does this when they're young. The stories that we can all tell about people who did things when they were young and didn't work out too well for them, if they're still here at all. God wants us to submit to people who are wise. God wants us to submit to people who have understanding. God wants us to submit to people who are respected when it comes to those who we put over us in our lives. And if you can, and this is a big if, if you can, as an adult, if you can, choose to work with people. Choose, choose to find a job where you can work with and under people of character and decency and, and, and who have honor, whether it's an owner or a manager. If you can, I know it's tough, let, let alone find, you know, get a job. Finding a job is tough right now. You take what you can get. But once you take what you can get, if you find those people aren't honorable and they're over you, they have no character and they're over you, if you can, try to find a place where you can be where there are men and women who are over you who are honorable and respectable and decent. Because God says, be careful, be careful who you choose to put over you. Be careful who you choose to listen to. In every area of your life, don't just sit back and let life happen to you. Don't just sit back and let it happen to you. Don't let yourself become a victim. You choose to become a victim in every area of your life. Choose the things that honor God. Choose the things that you know that you will one day be able to stand before God. You know, there, let me tell you something. There are some things, there are some things that, that, that we hold up as so important in our lives, but I'll tell you what's really important in your life. What's important is that you're 85 years old and you look in the mirror and you like the person you're looking at. That you look at yourself in the mirror and say, this person I'm looking at has character and integrity. They stood for the things of God. They lived their lives with passion. They didn't, they didn't crumble under. They didn't just give themselves over. They didn't compromise at every turn. That is so much more important. You could be a billionaire. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're staring at someone you don't like, it's not going to be very good for you. You're going to be laying on your deathbed as an old man or a woman and saying, woulda, shoulda, coulda. That is not the life that God has for you. And beyond that, Beyond that, in your life, one day you're going to leave this place and you're going to stand before God and you're going to hear one of two things, well done, my good and faithful servant, or you're going to see a look of disappointment on Jesus' face. And I don't know about you, but I don't even know, what, I don't want to know what that looks like. I don't, I don't want to know what it looks like to, have, to see that look of disappointment on God's face when we stand before him. In every, every area of your life, you need to take responsibility. You need to make wise choices. Business owners, do not hire employees uh, without consulting the word of God, without consulting God and making biblical choices using spiritual wisdom. If you think, oh, you know, I'm not really sure about this person, but I really need someone right now, do the job yourself first. Do the job yourself until you find the person that your spirit says, this is a person of character and integrity that needs to be working for me. If you're a student, students, when you choose a friend or whom you're going to date, make sure you're choosing people of character and integrity. Make sure you're choosing a person who, who falls into the category of Christ-like. 
You guys, you guys kill me sometimes. I mean, it's so frustrating sometimes. You really do. You, you, choose to, you choose to date someone who looks like they just walked off the set of Mad Max and, the, and you know, Beyond Thunderdome. You don't know what that is, but I'll show you a picture. There it is. All the adults know what it looks like. You choose to date people like this. You know, you're like, you start, you're crying. <laughs> and your mom comes in. Oh, sweetie, what's wrong? Snake just broke up with me. I thought, I thought Snake was taking me to the prom. No, Mom, that was Skull who was taking me to the prom. He broke up with me last month. And you're crying, and your mother goes, Oh, don't worry, sweetheart. There are plenty of derelicts in the sea. You'll find someone else soon enough to date and ruin your life, destroy you from the inside out. You know what I'm saying? You get, you get yourself, you, you align yourself. You, you get in company with these folks, and then you wonder why you're sitting in your room miserable and suffering. Because they're so selfish, and they only think of themselves, and they're so mean. This, of course, of course. Did they, did they fall in the category of Christ-like? Have they ever read Philippians chapter 2, ever, in their lives? Do they know what it is to put another person before themselves? And then you're whining and crying because this person did this to you? Of course they're going to do it to you. That's exactly what they're trained to do. That's exactly what they, are, they were trained up to do in the world, to act that way. You wonder why. You make these choices. You make choices like like some of these things, and you wonder why your life is in a complete wreck. Hey, Dad, I'm going to go out with my friends. Where are you going? Well, I thought I'd take the car and go on a 100-mile-an-hour cruise after I've had a little too much to drink. Don't wait up for me. And then you wonder why you don't have a license. I can't believe, uh, how did I get caught? How did you get caught coming down Mesa Montgomery Road going 100 miles an hour? I wonder why I get caught. At 2 o'clock in the morning, swerving back and forth, those things happen. I have people sit in my office sometimes and say, I can't believe God did this to me. How could God do this to me? Did God have his foot on your pedal? Um, were you like on the other side and, you know, you're letting Jesus take the wheel? Is that what was happening to you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're blaming God? People get into the worst problems and they blame, how could God do this to me? And I say to them, what are you talking about? God warned you. God in his word tells you what to do. His Holy Spirit probably spoke to you, but you ignored him completely. You make these choices. Your life's in shambles. And then you shake your fist at God and ask, why did God do this to me? The only thing you should be asking is, God, how do I get out of this? How can, I, how can I become the kind of person you've created me to be? How can I make the choices, God, in this life that will help me avoid these kind of situations? Because next time, I may not be so fortunate as to just get a ticket. We make these choices, and we wonder, why, oh, why, oh, why is it happening to me? Choose, my friends, to connect yourself with people who rely on God's wisdom when making difficult decisions, when making life choices. Choose to align yourself. I don't care how old you are here today. Choose to align yourself with people who are Christ-like, who are godly, and choose to use the word of God when making decisions in their lives. Exodus 34, 16 says, and when you choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons, and those daughters prostitute themselves in their to their gods, they will, lead you, they will lead your sons to do the same. The people that we align ourselves with will corrupt our character and sometimes destroy our entire lives. Choosing the wrong friends, the wrong employees, the wrong personal connections leads to trouble. Leads to trouble. Always leads to trouble. If, if let me tell you something. If, you're if the person you're dating right now is not Christ-like, break up with them. Get out of this relationship. 
You know what God is doing in your own life. You know what you truly want ultimately in your life. Maybe you're going through some rocky points right now, but if you're in a relationship with someone who is not Christ-like, someone who doesn't love the Lord at all, and you do, what are you doing? You don't have to hurt them. You don't, have, you don't want to be difficult, but you know you don't have to say anything mean or anything, but you need to get yourself out of a situation that you don't need to be in. Because I'm telling you right now, in six months, you'll be sitting down with someone telling them the horrors of that relationship. Not always. Sometimes you go out people in a nice and you break up with them. But you know what? We all have stories, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. If your friends are getting you into trouble, get other friends. Get new friends. You say, oh, see, you're old, man, you old. What do you know? You're not in high school. You're not in junior high. You don't know what it's like. I re- honestly, I really do, and I really feel for you. Don't, don't think I'm just saying this because it's all the top of my head. And I was a youth pastor for 15 years. I understand why people align with Satanists in school. I understand why, if you're, not, if you're not a Satanist, you will hang out with that group of students. You know why? Because it's better to be a Satanist for four years in high school than to spend the entire time of high school alone being tortured. I understand why you have the trench coat mafia and why they act the way they do, why they did what they did. Because they are basically better to be a trench coat mafia person or whatever else than to spend four years of your life alone in school. I understand how difficult it is, but I'm telling you, there's something worse than spending four years in high school struggling a little bit because you don't have the kind of friends you'd like to have. That is spending the rest of your life with regret. That is wasting four or seven years of your life by making poor choices some choices that lead you down a path that sometimes you never come back from. If you're with people who are getting you into trouble, if you're with people who are causing you to compromise who you are in Christ, then you need new people around you. You need new friends. I don't care how old you are and who you're hanging around with. In your business, if you're with a person in your business who has no character, integrity at all, and you know what? You can have a business partner who's not a Christian. They have a character. They have integrity. They're a good person. Now, I'm not saying you have to get, you know, get out of that, but I'm telling you, you're with a person who is, you're unequally yoked, my friend. If you're with someone with no character, no integrity, and they'll do all kinds of things that are going to pull you into a hole with them because they won't quit doing those things with their taxes or with their customers or whatever else, find a way out and get out of it because if you don't make that choice, someone's going to make a choice for you and you're going to be stuck in that situation, and you'll wish you'd have had the courage to just somehow break off by yourself and do it on your own. You have to think these things through, who you're aligning yourself with. Make the choices that honor God regardless of what the cost may be. We need to choose to walk away from relationships and opportunities that are not in alignment with God's truth and God's word. You need to, I don't care, it, you know what, and I, and I say this with all the love in my heart, and I don't, I'm not trying to be whatever, but I don't care how you feel. You say, well, that doesn't make me feel good. That makes me feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. What matters is what's right. Do what's right. Do what the word of God tells you to do, and let your feelings catch up to you. Because how are you going to feel when your business falls apart? How are you going to feel when you end up in a situation as a teenager or younger that you didn't want to be in, that you just has changed your entire life? How are you going to feel when you stand before God in heaven and you see a look of disappointment on God's face because you were not the person who he created you to be? You spent your life following people around who are making the wrong choices for you. You won't make the choice for yourself to step out. How are you going to feel then? It doesn't matter how you feel. Do what's right. 
Do what the word of God tells you to do. Have spiritual discipline and let your feelings catch up because in the end, that kind of life will lead to health. That will lead to spiritual blessing. That will lead to joy and peace and contentment. Those, that's, that, those are the things in life that we desire. The, the choices that we make to follow Jesus Christ will lead to a life that we can truly embrace. That we can embrace. In Hebrews chapter 11, 24 through 26, it says, My, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead at his reward. I, do, I mean, that in itself, I don't need to get excited. That, that tells us he chose what he chose. He didn't choose a life right now. He didn't choose the here and now. We need to be like Moses. We need to live our lives like Moses while we're in this world. We, we need to be looking ahead. We need to be thinking ahead. Don't just make your decisions based on the here and now. How often do we do that and how, how much does it cost us? Think ahead. There's nothing that this world can offer you that is more important than your eternal destiny, your eternal reward. There's nothing that this world, the treasures of this world do not compare with what God has in store for you now and for eternity. The world holds these things out and tempts you to come and enjoy just for a moment, just for the moment, just for the moment, and you sacrifice. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. That's what the word of God says. We need to make the choices, the kind of choices in our lives that honor God. Why? Because it is what's best for us. Those choices are what's best for us. God will help us become the people that he's created us to be. To, to live a life of peace and contentment and joy requires an eternal perspective, not just focusing on the here and now. And the younger you are, the more difficult this is. You think, you think 1 through 17 or 18 is your whole life. You think it's like it's all you experience. My friends, you're going to live, most of you will live a very, very long life. And this is just a season. Don't throw away the treasures of heaven for, what you're, for, the, for the garbage you're being offered here on earth. You are, you are created to be, a, you're a child of God. You are created to sit at a banquet table with Jesus Christ. Why are you eating out of the garbage? I don't understand. Why do you choose to pick through the garbage when God offers you so much more? These are choices. The garbage looks so good. I'm going to tell you something. It'll make you sick and some will die if we continue to eat out of the trash when God offers us so much more, but he gives us the ability to choose. Choose. Choose me, God says. Choose me. It's our choice, but our choice comes with consequences. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. It's pretty clear. The Bible's clear. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't continue to live your life the way you want to live. You cannot continue to feel, be comfortable to just smooth and lay right in and be comfortable in the world and carried along by the world and continue to be a friend of God. You can't do that. 
If you are, being, if you are comfortable with the, with the world, if you're choosing to be comfortable with the world, you're choosing to walk away from God. He never walks away from you, but you're choosing to walk away from God. And when you choose to walk away from God, you choose to walk away from the protection of God, and you're choosing a life, my friends, that you don't want to face. You don't see it, you can't see it, but he does, and he's begging you, he calls out to you, he cries out to you, don't go near the edge, don't walk in the road, don't make that choice. The consequences are going to be devastating, but sometimes we, ah, ah. I know, I know what's best for my life. And God's saying, you don't know what's best for your life. I know what's best for your life. I've given you my word, follow my word, and it will bring peace, contentment, joy to your life. All the things that we desire. Making smart choices is absolutely indispensable, absolutely indispensable to living a dynamic, spirit-filled life. Making those choices, making wise choices, absolutely indispensable to living a spirit-filled, dynamic life. And my friends, as we move into a new year, think about this. As we move into a new year, there's no better time. There's no better time. There's no better time to, to, to start thinking, rethinking old habits and, and, and creating new patterns in your life. There's no better time to stop, step back than right now and say, I need to rethink some of this. The choices I'm making are selfish, they're messing up my relationships. They're messing up my life. I don't know how long I can go. And to stop and say, Lord God, I need your guidance. I need you to help me. I need to, I need to walk the path that you have for me. There's no better time than right now to, to start rethinking old habits and to start creating new patterns. Get out of that. Your, your, your wagon's in a rut, man. Drag your wagon out of the rut and take a new course because the rut you're in is going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy your life. We need to follow God's word. And God's word in Joshua 24, 15 says this. It's clear. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. God gives you a choice. He gives you a choice. He's not going to force you. Sometimes I kind of wish he would, but he's not going to force us. He goes on to say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will make the choice to serve God with all of our hearts and all of our soul and all of our strength and all of our might. We will choose to serve God. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Lord God, we go into a new year, 2010. And for some of us, this last year, this last 10 years, this whole decade, it's been bad, one bad choice after another. This year, Lord, we've made some real poor choices. We've, begin to, we've gotten ourselves into a rut and we can't seem to get out. But God, right now, right now we come before you, each one of us individually, we come before you and we ask you to renew us, to restore us. We rededicate our lives to you. In your own mind this morning, in your own mind, dedicate your life to God. Renew your life in him. Say with me that God, I want newness of life. I want a new beginning. I want to start over. I want to make choices. I want to have discernment. I want your wisdom to help me and guide me through these, these challenging days. And they are challenging, more so now than ever before, it seems, in, in our country's history. They're challenging. Father, help us. Give us courage. Give us, give us courage in our hearts. 
Make us bold, Lord God. Give us a bold heart to stand up to whoever would try to put themselves over us and lead us in a path that takes us away from you. We love you. We trust you to guide us and direct us. So forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for all of our sin, Lord God, in the past. It is, we're going into a new year. This Sunday, today, we ask that you'd forgive us for all of our sins of the past. We are new. We're restored. Ask God to forgive you right now for all of your sins of the past so you can walk out of this place a new and restored person, more conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, and then live your life according to his word so that you can be the man or the woman or the child or the student that God has created you to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, all of us together. Amen. Have a great week. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.